0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 168, Be Financially Confident. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know, so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today we are talking money and finances with one of my favorite money and finance people, Ashley Feinstein Gersley, You may remember her. She was on the show before in 2019 when her last book came out, The 30-Day Money Cleanse. So that episode is called Money Cleanse or Cleanse Your Money, I think. We'll link it in the show notes if you haven't listened. But Ashley's back because she has a second book. It's called Financial Adulting. When I saw she was putting out this book, I reached out to her and I was like, Ashley, come back on the show, please. I love you so much. We talk a lot about on the interview, too, just how much I love her. It's I'm very picky <laughs> with people and people I bring on the show. And I have followed Ashley for years. I just love her stuff. And I love the things she curates for her Instagram profile. And I love her books. And so you're going to love Ashley if you haven't met her yet. Um, She's just so down to earth and she explains money so well and she's done some really great DEI work to make sure she's not talking from a place of privilege and she talks more about that, of what she did in her book to ensure she was really looking at it from a DEI lens and um, yeah, I just love her energy. I love her so much. So, you know, today we're gonna be talking all about her new book, obviously, Financial Adulting. And the tagline for her book is, everything you need to be a financially confident and conscious adult. She talks all about the different, I think she calls them pillars of being a financially confident adult. And um, yeah, this interview is jam-packed, so I'm not gonna tease it too much. I do wanna just give you a little background on Ashley. She is an author, speaker, and personal finance expert. In 2012, she created the Fiscal Fem, a feminist money platform on a mission to end inequality through financial well-being and has helped thousands of people feel financially confident achieve major financial goals and distress their relationships with money in my other interview with ashley she goes even more into her background and how she became the woman she is today but yeah that's actually in a nutshell so i hope you enjoy this interview and i hope you leave it feeling even more financially confident and you go pick up her books, financial adulting and the 30 day money cleanse. So here's Ashley. Hey everybody. Today I've got Ashley Feinstein Gersley back on the podcast. We recorded an episode, gosh, Ashley, 2019, I think. Three years ago. Wow. And I remember when I interviewed you three years ago, I was so nervous. Like, oh my gosh, she's a published author. And now I like, as I was telling you before we hit play on this, like I followed you now for at least three or four years. It's like, almost like you're a friend to me. Like what's Ashley posting today about, which is the beauty of the internet. Right. So yeah, when I saw your new book was coming out, I reached out and I said, please come back on the show. You said yes. And here we are. So I think we should start with where we touched on last time, which was the money cleanse book and what that book's all about in case people missed it. And then what
1: your new book is about. Amazing. Thank you for having me. And I love that. Let's be friends. We are friends, (laughs) Instagram friends to reality. So the 30 day money cleanse is a book that is all about budgeting and money mindset. And it is, I would say it's a book that is for people who wouldn't typically pick up a personal finance book. It's very accessible. It's very fun. There's colorful workbook pages. So it's interactive and covers those two topics. And I love that book so much. I have both of my books on my desk right now. Then Financial Adulting is my new book and it has that same vibe. So it's definitely approachable. It's a how-to workbook with exercises in each chapter. But this time I'm kind of I'm covering all of the financial topics. So every chapter has its own financial topic. Also this time I interviewed other people. So the first book was very much about my perspective and my experience and for the financial adulting I interviewed 35 people to mm-hmm. share their expertise because I'm covering things like taxes and estate planning and equity and money you know and, and I realized something that I realized in my first book is that, my perspective on money is a very privileged, specific perspective. And a lot of people don't experience money that way and don't encounter money the same way. And so I wanted to include a lot of different voices coming from different backgrounds, expertises, socionomic levels. It's a very incredible group of experts. And this time I, I talk about equity as well, and that's really important. So it's something to give you an example, like in my first book, There were some statistics, but in this book, it's how to, but then also understanding that there are major problems with these different systems so that we can acknowledge that it's different for each of us encountering these different areas of our personal finances.
0: I'm so glad you did that because I remember in the last book you touched on it. And at that time, it was like, we were just opening our eyes a little bit more to diversity and inclusion and all of that I felt like, or at least in my journey. Um, Cause remember before the stat was always just at like 70 cents to a dollar. And I remember, I think it was you that really sh- showed and taught me as like, okay, that's just for white women. And I was like, oh crap. Like I didn't think about beyond that. Right. So I'm so happy to see that in this book. Um, and you and I were talking before we hit play on this too, is that you had hired what Did you call it, a sensitivity editor?
1: Yes, For I hired, yes, yeah, and that was so cool. So, I basically one of my friends sent me a post of another friend sharing about her book, and she worked with Dr. Kaday, Dr. Akila Kaday, who is the founder and CEO of Change Kaday, which is a DEI company, but she also does sensitivity editing, and what that means is she reads your book and makes sure that it's truly inclusive and from everything from Different that I'm including if I'm talking about something that is a stat about women, and then it's actually way worse for women of color that I talk about that. Or if I say something that's not actually inclusive to someone who might not have Wi-Fi or a computer, that we have an alternative. So it's inclusive as far as race, race and ethnicity, gender, income level. And we even talk about, you know, how it's the the financial world is different if you have a disability or if you're a mother or if you're in the LGBTQ plus community. So I think it made the book so, so much better. And I am so grateful for working with her because I learned so much.
0: Yeah. It sounds amazing. When I saw that in your stories, I was like saving this for my mental note for a book one day. That's incredible, Ashley. So can you give us an example of something that she kind of caught and had you add layers to? Yes.
1: And I do say, I really think that publishers should have her in-house because everything should be read from that lens. I think it's so important. So what's really cool, or I think it's cool. I kept all of her edits and made a duplicate so that I have them. But what was cool to see is throughout the process, she would have a lot of changes at the beginning. And I started being able to incorporate them myself as I was writing later chapters. So you could see I was growing and learning. To give you an example. So I think one I kind of mentioned is like, if I said there's discrimination in the workplace that a woman or someone named Jennifer is more likely or less likely to be mentored and promoted than a man, you know, she'd say, well, let's, what is, let's talk about what that's like for BIPOC women. Another one is I mentioned a digital folder in the book, for example, and we changed it to digital or an actual folder. If someone is not using a computer reading the book I'm trying to think what else there were so many that i that i learned from even from things like capitalizing the word black mm-hmm. like that yeah. is now sub- capitalized defining different things yeah there's so many so much learning that i did and even i think a big thing for me was learning to talk about my own privilege and mm. how to write this book and showcase other people who have much more diverse perspectives than i do and do it in a way that is elevating other people rather than like, I am not the expert, I'm still learning. And so that was something I had, I had never interviewed other people. Like this is something you do for the podcast all the time, but interviewing people and putting their words in the book was something I hadn't done. So that was a big learning for me too.
0: Yeah, that's tricky, Ashley, because it's like you want to be an expert, quote unquote, right? And then also a student at the same time. And it's like, and how do I hold this space for these other people coming in here and recognizing my privilege and like not putting it as like, I'm up here and you're down here. And yeah, that's tricky.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah. I I think it it really lends itself to the title because a financial adult, when I define it, is not someone who knows everything or who never makes mistakes. I still make mistakes. So I think that. It's me being a financial adult. I learned so much from the sensitivity editing. I learned so much from the trust and estates attorney I interviewed about estate planning that I didn't know. So I think as annoying as it is, personal finance and money is and growth is a lifelong journey that um so I'm you know embodying that. And if I and I know I will make mistakes and you know, a big a part of that too is like in my last book, exactly with the wage gap thing you mentioned, my last book only has the wage gap for all women, which is essentially for white women. And so as, if, when you have things that you've created and are out in the world and you evolve as a person, there are things that don't evolve. And so we talked about that a lot because for example, last year, like they officially be is capitalized now. Like what are, I? it is a little scary to, to see what will not age well in my book that I wish I knew, but I think you just have to have some grace for what was appropriate at the time and what I knew at the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what I hear in this is like, this was really a journey for your own adulting beyond just financial. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
0: let me embody this thing before I like put it out in the world, right?
1: Right. I'm major adulting. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk more about like the nitty gritty of the book. So you said there's all these different chapters. Can you kind of just walk us through like a summary of them? Yes. Okay.
1: So the first chapter, what is a financial adult? Kind of going through what that means and why many of us are not financial adults. Then the second chapter, which was really important to me, to kick off the book on the topic of equity and personal finance, kind of setting the stage for What are the gender and racial wealth gaps? What's the history behind them? Where do they come from? What needs to happen to just set the playing field that it's like, it's not equal and there's a lot to be done. Um, And then I go more into specific money topics like your money goals, then there's a chapter on income which includes negotiation, your money outflows which is about spending and putting together the budget consumer activism, using your money for good and seeing more of what you want in the world. Work optional, which is another term for retirement. So when work is optional, that you have so much money saved that you can retire. Um, Becoming an investor for good. So learning how to invest and then investing in things that, that make the world a better place essentially. Buying a home, then there's one on insurance, tax and tax basics and estate planning, your credit score. A debt chapter, and then how to become your own money coach, which kind of like brings it all together. Um,
0: nice,
1: yeah. So a lot of things.
0: <laughs> which most times when you hear these topics, you're like, for me, I'm like, what? Like, I'm trying to stay awake. But here's what I love about you, Ashley. I just realized this because again, like most people, I'm not interested in money, even though like I, I love money itself. But like the topic of money is boring. Um, and I think this is why you've stuck around on my newsfeed as high as you have, as you make it interesting all the time. And you're like posting funny things about it. Like you said, the money cleanse book was really colorful and fun and digestible. And I already see this in your new book, even though I haven't like seen it, seen it just the covers and stuff. I'm like, you feel like, okay, I can do this. Like we can make this fun together and, and digest all of these things that feel kind
1: of scary. (laughs) Thank you. That's the goal. The goal. Yes. That is what I wanted. I want it to be a book That people read through and get lots of digestible things they can do, but like, maybe you're at a point where you don't need life insurance. No one's depending on your income, but I want it to be a book that you can also come back to when things change or when you're ready to buy the home or when, so it's kind of like a guide that you read through, but then can come back to, and when it's time to increase your 401k or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. 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 It's so interesting too. As you said, as some of your things may not age well, it sounds like this one, you're like, I really want this one to age well, just on the topics and like the way that I handle things too, Ashley, which is cool. Um, I want to go back to chapter one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's titled something like what keeps you from financial adulting, right? Or what it is. What is a
1: financial adult, but it talks about what keeps us from financial adulting.
0: Okay. So can we kind of just touch on that? What are some big things that you see that keep people from? quote unquote, financial doling.
1: Yes. And the reason I included this in the chapter is it's, you know, it's depressing to see all the things working against us, but I think it's really powerful because it has us get some compassion for ourselves that it's no wonder we're not thriving or where we want to be if there's this much working against us. So some of the big things are not, we don't learn about money, most of us. And I think it's happening more with younger and very young people that they're learning about it in school, but it's not something we learn about. It's taboo to talk about. You might be able to remember a time where you asked a question and were shut down by a teacher or a parent. Like, we don't talk about that. That's not polite. Um, yet, it's something that once you are an adult, or some, for some people, they have to deal with it when they're even younger, that we're dealing with it almost every single day. Yet, we're not taught about it. We can't talk about it. And it's we have people and companies trying to sell us things and there's just so navigating like, and now the marketing has gotten so out of control. Like I talk about something and something pops up with an ad. So we're combating that with our spending and the emotions around it. And even in this idea that when we have that next thing, or we can do that thing, you know, we'll finally be happy. And, and definitely money makes things much easier, makes things, people safe. And there's so much important stuff we get from money. So there's, there's a lot of emotion tied with it. And then there's also the, the oppression and the, and how the financial world has not been accessible for women and people of color. So I think adding that to the mix historically and how we currently interact with money is also something that keeps us from financial adulting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's kind of my take on it, Ashley, especially this past year, I've done some deep DEI slash anti-racism work of like unpacking my own stuff too, of like, how am I fully oppressed as a woman? And in that realizing I've experienced ableism and I realized I have ADHD and it was like, whoa, like I've just kind of shut this down. But anyways, of like going in and like really like feeling through of like, and bringing just forth the facts of like, here are the statistics and how you are likely oppressed because then it just, you see it too, of like, I'm not making this up. I'm not crazy. Like this is really happening. It's not about me. Right. And like, just bringing that to the surface in the light and then like feeling through that, as I said, and then realizing, okay, what am I going to do about it? What's in my control here? And like you said, a lot of that's the mindset talking about it, all of those things and like finding that balance between the two. Would you agree? Yes.
1: Yes. I actually, I noticed that in researching this book and uncovering a lot of what's wrong, it was a lot of trauma because there are things that I didn't see or that I didn't want to see. And so to see them and have flashbacks of things, I think that it was a very, but I think you're right. It's, and I think the idea of this book is like, here's what's wrong. There's some big things that need to happen to fix what's wrong. That's not like, yes, we can vote. And yes, we can like work on things, but like, it's not in our power today. But now that we know this, here's how to navigate that imperfect system. yeah kind of
0: Now that we know this, here's how to navigate this imperfect system. Ooh, that's a quotable right there. <laughs> now that we know. Th- yes. It's so good, <laughs> Ashley. So good. So good. Uh, and you were in the finance industry, right? Like in where were you at Goldman Sachs, right?
1: No, I was at, so I worked as an investment banker at Jefferies and then I worked in corporate finance at an insurance company called Argo. So I've been, and that was the irony too, is that there's also shame from, and I studied finance. So studying finance, working in finance for, men, for years and not knowing anything about my own money. I think when I, there's, when I go to speak at a bank, for example, there's an extra level of shame around not knowing because we feel like we should know, especially because we're dealing with money every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember you saying that as part of your story. It's like, I was dealing with money, but yet I didn't know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to to something you and I were talking about before we hit play, which is you hired a fact checker on your own for this book and how that's not required for
1: nonfiction books. Correct. Um, so tell me about that. So what happened, I was reading. So this book has my last book had some statistics, like it had some studies in it, but it was not, they weren't very many. And this one, So if you think about a chapter on income, right, there's a chapter, it's all about, here's how to budget for your income, here's how to negotiate, but also here is the gender and racial wage gaps. You know, so there's, every section has this kind of fact heavy or every chapter has a fact heavy section. And the last thing I want to do is share facts that aren't true and totally blow this very strong case that I know I have, right? I want it to be... As ironclad as possible. And when I was looking at the facts, I just, you know, sometimes when there's that many of them, and this is not, I'm not a researcher, I might read something wrong or interpret a fact wrong, or it's coming from a website, then I go to the actual study and it's like 300 pages. Like, I don't want to do this for every single fact. So I found out there's a very cool profession called a fact checker, and they have them, a lot of people do it for articles and also for books. They tend to work on, um, for example, biographies that have tons of facts will have fact checkers. And it's not something that was provided by my publisher. So I found Hillary and she was just incredible. Like things I didn't even consider to be facts, she checked. And everything from like, I misinterpreted a study or did the math wrong on something. You know, like even I remember one thing was like how much to contribute to your 401k and I just did the math wrong on it maybe that would have been caught later, but something I talked about was bankruptcy and how wealthy people can use bankruptcy to their advantage by like clearing out their debts. They keep their home, whatever. And I use the term many wealthy people. And she said, she's fact-checking. It's not many, it's some, right? And so even like the nuance of that, I think makes the book, um, Like I'm now just confident that the facts in the book are real. And it was also very helpful because she created essentially like anywhere there's a fact, there's a footnote and the note they, you can reference the study in the back of the book. And so she essentially set that up for me. So now when you want a fact, it's very easy to find versus me, um, going through the studies and finding things and, and the conversations we had uncovering things were really, it was really cool. So I kind of want her. I want her in my everyday life. Just yeah. Like, just, yeah, exactly.
0: Follow me around. What it reminds you of two are like the um, Trump Hillary debates, like afterwards,
1: they'd be like the fact checkers, the fact checkers. Right. She's like, I'm on the phone. You never do this. Can I get a fact check on that? please? <laughs> like, I think that would really improve my life. <laughs> they need him on the news
0: right? It's like
1: everything that's being
0: said, because again, it's like, what is real and what's not? Um, and I almost think like my husband should do this job because sometimes I'll talk about something and I won't know like the depth of the facts and he'll be like, wait a second, let me look back. (laughs) Like, dude, I'm not a freaking fat checker. So it's so cool too, Ashley. I want to commend you on that. It's like, you recognize this isn't my strength. I don't want to do this. Let me outsource this. And even though I don't have to have it required, like I'm still going to do this anyway, which is so great.
1: Major props to you for doing that.
0: Okay. What else do we not talk about the new book? Do we miss anything?
1: I feel like one other thing, I think it is telling of the book is that they gave me, so I got for my publisher, a word limit of 50,000 words. I don't know why, like looking back, I should have taken that word limit seriously, but The Money Cleanse was a very different book in that it was a course that I had for five years. And so I basically was putting a course I had into words, which was the content was all there. This was me saying, okay, I want to say, this is investing in one chapter. Here is what I think, this is everything I think what a person needs to know about investing. And I'm going to talk to experts about it. Like that is a very different, (laughs) that is a very different task than putting my course into writing. So when I ended up being done with the book and what Akilah actually sensitivity edited, she was the first one to read the book too. So that was like a very I was very, it was scary. The first person to see what you're writing. I was definitely nervous for her to see it, but the book ended up being 130,000 words, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I looked it up a novel, uh, like a long fiction novel is supposed to be 110,000. So it's like way past what a book should be. And, um, they got it approved to be 70,000 words. They upped my word limit, but Imagine like, this is, you think everything in the book is good and you have to cut it down by half. And so the the development editor allowed me to take my first cuts at it to say what I didn't think. And I tried to reword things and then it would be like five words down. (laughs) So I was still 70,000 to go. Um, And then by the end, like we had to cut chapters, whole sections. It was so painful, but I know that now the book is better for it because it's really exactly what I think you need to know. And I don't repeat things because I don't have time to with my words, you know? Mm. So I feel like every word is really important. And I, I fought to like certain jokes. I, I think this book too, I'm, I kind of let my personality out more, like I make more jokes. I, I fought certain wordy things to I'm like, please let me keep this part in. <laughs>
0: That's so cool that you share that story, Ashley. I think so much, so many of us can relate to that of like, I know, especially as an entrepreneur, of like dwindling stuff down. Let me see this as quick and punchy as possible. And I have a sense do, do you know the assessment Clifton Strengths? Have you ever heard of it? It used to be Strengths yes. Finder. I bet you have input high. Because again, like what you curate for your Instagram feed, is kind of that strength and I have it too. So that's probably why I like you so much, but yeah, it's like, we want all this information, especially you interviewing everybody. You're like, but it's all so good.
1: I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But now like dwindling it down. Okay. Well, tell us
1: very transparent. I have someone on my team who curates our Instagram and she is the brilliant one. So it's not me. I write like the personal posts. It's me. If you see me on stories, or like I write some of the captions, but she is the one finding that those gems and um, curating them. So I cannot. Yeah, but she
0: lives that. through you too. <laughs> yeah.
1: let's, let's be real. <laughs> Part yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, so Ashley, I'm guessing they can find the book wherever. Yes. Yes. Okay, and it comes out February 23rd. It comes out February 23rd. It's financial adulting.
1: Financial adulting. Everything yeah. you need to be a financially competent and confident adult.
0: Conscious and confident. Yeah. And go follow Ashley on Instagram, the fiscal femme. And do you still offer courses and stuff, Ashley?
1: We still have courses. Yes.
0: So you follow her and you'll see all her stuff.
1: We have lots offer. of great guides and courses. And where do we do a weekly newsletter called the money musing that I think I love it. It's got kind of a story at the beginning or a reflection from my life. And then a money move that you can make every week. And uh, you got to see this or something that I'm featuring, whether it's something in the news or something curated from the community, like their favorite X Y Z. It's a it's a fun section.
0: Yeah, I I've been getting it for a few years now, which makes me think like I haven't got it in a while. Must be going to my junk folder. Oh no! Yeah, I love that email, especially like things that you're like go check this out. I'm like, oh, I love that. Um, So thank you, Ashley, for coming on again and talking all the things. I hope everyone goes and gets your book. I know I'll be getting it for sure because like I said, you're the only money person that doesn't put me to sleep in the process. So thank you for that. the biggest
1: compliment ever.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Financial adulting. Go find it.
1: Thank you so much. This has been so much fun.
0: Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share the show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share share, share the show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.